mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan, Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 320 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. And today we are watching Stargate Universe. Yes. Season one. Yes. Episode three. Uh-huh. Air. Uh-huh. Part bazillion. <laughs> Air part three. I'm, I'm looking forward to a show with a different title. It's coming next. It's coming next. An Spoilers. episode with a different title. A.K.A. <laughs> Bless the maker and his water. Bless the coming and the going of him. May his passage cleanse the world. Can I tell you how excited I was that the entire quote Uh fits this episode? Yeah. May his passage cleanse the world? Yep. I'm not even going to try to come up with an AKA after that. I knew... The moment you were like, there's going to be sandworms, I was like, and yeah, this is sandworms. so far every episode has been Grace's favorite episode. This is wildly, <laughs> quickly yeah. becoming my favorite Stargate. I know. It's, I didn't know what to expect, even no. when you were like, you're going to love this one. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, I trust you, but I love the other ones. Yeah. I really liked it. It's like, I love this one. Yeah, I know. Um, it's like the perfect pairing of like sci-fi and soap. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, I was telling um, husband, domestic partner, boyfriend Jesse yes. yesterday. Sorry, he hasn't gotten his full title in a while. It felt necessary. Well, you missed fiance in there too. Fiance. So. God damn it. Um, we were on our way. We we decided to have a date night yesterday. Yeah. Because our life's been really hard. Yes. Lately, you have a lot going been on. Been a lot of it. Good hard. Oh, yeah. All blessings, things we're grateful for, but holy cow, not for the faint of heart. Exactly. I will explain more once we're done. But um, so we're like, let's let's go on a date. Yeah. Let's go on a date and go watch a movie. And so in the car, we were talking. I was trying to explain how so far this one is the most serialized yes, of the far. Stargates. By far. Uh, it's not exactly a monster of the week, especially the first three episodes, which are literally a continuation of each other. Spoiler, the entire series is like this. Nice. <laughs> and I said, and it's very character driven. And I said, look, we all know that the Melrose place, yeah. the, the VC Andrews uh-huh. books, the weird, creepy character driven things yeah. are the things that give me life. I know. This is sitting right up in there i know this is the same types of dramas and it's it, it, it this is why i said like this is my least favorite it's gonna be your favorite yeah flat out yeah i love i love it and then we got into a fun conversation about how it's nice having a friend who literally likes the opposite things but you can be open <laughs> can to each enjoy- other we can enjoy it <laughs> yeah um how was your week uh my week was good we ate a lot of food of course um as is the american tradition exactly we did not eat the traditional foods no but we ate a lot of foods yeah um i made grace cream puffs it was yes. my first time making cream puffs Look, it's all i'm here for the shoe buns because as as predictable we spent the family together holiday with each other yes that's what happened <laughs> exactly um there's two things media wise i watched they are extremely opposite of one another Ooh, that is good so but much. i want to share yeah nick made us a, a cocktail that we're just gonna call bless the maker it's yeah 
Haley is being very attention to passage cleanse the world. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. Um. So, so the first one is actually the second one I watched, but I want to end on my favorite. We finally were a little delayed by only a couple weeks, but we finally watched Wakanda Forever. Oh, okay. And this is a non-spoiler because it's in the first five minutes and I'm pretty much, you all know it's coming. Um, the first five minutes is a funeral for T'Challa yeah, and yeah, Chadwick yeah, yeah. Boseman. Ooh. And it's, I was like, cool, cool, cool. These are tears in the first two minutes of the movie. That's fine. Everything's fine. Um, I will say also there's this, listen, the entire film is just fucking badass women. Yeah. There's like yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. of guys sh- in there. Sure. The entire film is just like fucking strong, badass, kick-ass, in, in strong in different varieties of ways. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm here for it. Angela Bassett's a fucking queen. I mean, she's been a queen from day one. I know she has. Uh, she's... From the time... In waiting to exhale, when she set the husband's car on fire, walked away, and then flicked her cigarette, I fell in love with that woman. Yeah, I know. Um, I was too young to understand any of it, but I was like, I will follow her. Uh, It was... I was trying to express this earlier. I think it is a... I think it's a beautiful film. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I can only imagine the catharsis for the cast to be filming this oh, yeah. and making this film. Um, the the entire Marvel animation in the beginning was yeah. Chadwick Boseman. Of course. It was dedicated to him at the end. I find it interesting because I think it... I don't know what... You can tell the the basic plot of it would have been the same. Regardless yeah. of who the Black Panther yeah. is. But they had to obviously change so much of it. And I will say I and I and I love I want to see it just because I love the character building of or the world building of Wakanda. Okay. I think the the entire design aesthetic, it's freaking I goddamn love it. Um this movie wouldn't have hit hit as deeply and I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. Unfortunately, if it didn't have this plot, this this entire thread of mourning and passage and grief. Yeah. That's intrinsically part of it. Oh, interesting. I think that is and it may have if I'm sure it would have found a whole different soul. Yeah. You know, with the original script and their original vision of it, but the soul of this film only existed because of tragedy. Yeah. Oh. And so it's a weird thing to say that that was my favorite part. Right. Because right. it wasn't it feels- just a manufactured tragedy. Yeah. The way that they took it- that and didn't shy away from it. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it would have been an entirely different movie. It would have been an entire. It's like you would have had the same quote-unquote bad guy you would have had the same action beats but you the major heart and soul of the film would have been drastically different interesting and that's what i found most fascinating about the film i think i'm curious to see how they depict the mesoamerican um, that was really cool stuff that was really really cool 
and or Central American, yeah, yeah, and and I will say again, without getting too spoilery, they do another one of those beautiful where it's not a bad guy; it's two, it's just two very different ideas, and uh, they're yeah, headbutting the, each the, other. It's a complex human being; it's not just a flat. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, yeah, it, that part's really that part's really cool. Yeah. I, I want to see for that, but um, I watched a different movie. Yeah. We watched Knives Out Glass Onion. I can't wait to see this. It's really good. Can't wait. It's fun. Um, and what I was sharing before, this isn't a dig on Marvel movies. I, I hate it because anytime you say anything about Marvel I know. movies, people take it the wrong way. I think e- the way I told Nixie, I was like, look, even if you're eating the greatest donut in the world, 100%. there comes a day where you're like, I can't eat another donut. I need at least a week without a donut. Yeah. And so I forgot how much I enjoyed watching other kinds of movies in yeah. the theaters because, you know, these days it's hard to make yourself want to go to the theater. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. There was COVID for a long time. Yeah. Then we got used to watching everything at home. Now everything's available. So you we kind of went to this mindset of like, well, if I'm going to go to the movies, I'm going to make it for these big epic Marvel things. That 100%. Have all effects and i forgot how much fun it is just to watch a good movie in the theater with people yep who also are enjoying the movie yep i forgot how much a good room makes some film dude a good theater makes everything and so it was really fun i i don't know there's nothing to spoil i will say no that's a spoiler yeah don't say that's definitely a movie not to do spoilers for there's yeah because there's only one you those are films you only get to watch for the first time once well i mean listen all films you only watch for the first time once but you know what i mean the knives out movies even the first one i could watch over and over because you catch things Uh, yes and you're like oh shit um i did not catch that the first time around i i will say this it's not it's a non-spoiler there's a thing that happens at the beginning where i'm like i want one of those boxes (laughs) give me the box and then you saw people figure out what the box was for. Yeah. In the same ways that our D&D characters would. Yes. That's so maybe all. there's a box coming up in our D&D campaign. I would be interested to see if there is one. Because there could be. There could be. I mean, I did watch it with a um, domestic partner, boyfriend, fiance, husband, DM <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will say Wakanda Forever is definitely not... If you're someone who, you know, there's some times where there's movies that you kind of need for the major plot threads of the cinematic, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. This is not one of them. Okay. I will say, if you're vaguely interested, you can wait till streaming. Yeah. But I, especially you. I genuinely am just interested in how they did the lore. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would say you definitely want to watch it, but you're fine streaming it. Okay. Um, the other film I watched. Oh boy. The other film I watched. Listen. Um, we know Nixie loves space. Uh-huh. Nixie loves um NASA. Yes. Um, Nixie also loves Mars Rovers. Oh. And a and a documentary came out on Amazon Prime um on the 23rd. I watched it on the 23rd. Um, called Goodnight Oppie. Oh, God. It sounds like a Pixar film. Well, listen, I don't know if you followed Opportunity in Spirit. 
It made me sad, so I didn't. Okay. Because I only heard about the end games. Yeah, so um, Opportunity and Spirit, I followed them closely. Um, they, I mean, they, be, listen, they might as well be Pixar robots. They might as yeah. well be, yeah. they might as, Oppy might as well be Wally. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, Oppy. And listen, Oppy, Oppy was fantastic. Oppy went for way longer than he was ever supposed to. Um, <laughs> Spirit, Sorry. Spirit was the little twin sister that could. And, uh, there's a documentary covering it's covering both their missions, but specifically opportunity. And speaking of Angela Bassett, she narrates it. Oh wow! Um, like um, ILM, I believe it's ILM that does graphics for it. Yeah. Okay. Steven Spielberg helped do it. <laughs> it's there's moments in the beginning because you're following and you're interviewing these people who Oppie was a member of their family. Like Oppie was, was, was a more than like, you know, a dog. It becomes a member of their family. Like they lived with Oppie. Like they breathed life into Oppie and spirit. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's the story of Pinocchio, right? They turned it into a real boy. Yes. They built this thing and then they fell in love with it. Exactly. And they, and they gave it some, some, you know, automation. It could yeah. make decisions on its own. Uppie. And so this follows the fact that odds are more, especially at the time of, of these two uh, Mars rovers, more Mars missions had failed than succeeded to Dang. land successfully. Yeah. This is the one with the goddamn like sky crane situation. Yeah, you know, yeah, you like yeah. they like drop it down and then like fire it off and yeah. it has like the bumper ball landing yeah. and stuff. And they successfully landed two rovers on Mars. Yeah. Um Spirit had a rough time. Spirit is like at one point had to only roll backwards because one of it one of her wheels broke oh and so just had to go backwards dragging it oh that makes me so sad <laughs> uh, dear god yeah um and and you know you have other parts where Nappy kept going so spirit did did die before Oppie did. And moved out. The the mission ended before Oppie. Yes, they ended their mission and took a long nap. Um, really, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. They took a long nap. But it's moments where, like, Oppie finally gets to the crater and the they, they named the spot that he gets to after the after spirit. Oh. I, like, got real teary there. Um... And then, uh, look, it doesn't take a lot for us to imprint on anything. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, which it told let me, let me remember the song real quick. Um, um, shit, shit. I'm blanking on a song I should know. It's called Goodnight Oppie. Oppie, it is. The man. Oh, duh. Of course, it's the name of the song. You know, those times where you're like, I can't think of the name, and then the moment you see it, it's like, how did oh, I yeah, forget that's that? The name. The part that really got me is so so there's there's winters. I'm spoiling all this because it's documented history. Yeah. It's the winters in Mars and the dust storms that are most dangerous for our rovers. Oh god. And so um they have to go to sleep. And at this point, Oppie, after 15 years, was like forgetting things. 
no how has that happened <laughs> and so would wake up and kind of forget what it done the day before and so and so they just keep going and he has to sleep a little more often i mean he's really like this old man oh i hate this <laughs> and I so hate this. finally after a winter they were really hoping that that oppie would would make contact again after a this long, long rest, winter a long rest after 15 years um went over a whole marathon like over the distance of an entire marathon Damn. um and so finally it, it, it's a tradition they do it with manned uh space missions as well they have a good morning song oh. and so they play a good morning song um one of the first ones that was you know roam where you want to yeah yeah, yeah. By the B-52s, that's awesome. So when they get to this part of the documentary and they pick the final wake-up song and it's Billie Holiday, I'll Be Seeing You. No! I am making dinner in the kitchen, cutting, literally cutting onions, <laughs> bawling. <laughs> I am bawling. Everything hurts inside. <laughs> bawling. <laughs> And I gotta the, go. <laughs> and it's like I remember I remember hearing the news about like I was following Oppie this whole time, but like listening to these people, there were people who were were flight directors and high up in the opportunity mission when it ended, who were like in high school in, and were like chosen to be there in high school as a mission, like an outreach, like Damn. a yeah. field trip thing. And it's like, I'm uh, something hurts inside. Yeah, uh, it's. I can't wait to watch it again. My blood hurts. <laughs> it's fucking amazing, but the the music is stunning. The graphics are stunning. I don't I have. Mean, I don't have the. Um, <laughs> I don't have the constitution to take that on right now. <laughs> no. No, but I do uh, want to watch it with you at some point after the new year. I, yeah, I think after the new year and yeah. preferably time it out. Yep. Like after I've had a good session with my therapist. Yeah, yeah, day, yeah. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Where I'm feeling emotionally stable. Yeah, it's... um. Oh, God, it's so... It's I can't recommend it enough to people because especially the way they animate it. He already is. Like, they taught... He took a selfie... <laughs> and his little I'm gonna die. His little arm, his shoulder was kind of his shoulder was a little hurt, and so he had to take a selfie without like moving his arm around. <laughs> I think my soul just left my body. <laughs> and it's a robot of Mars. <laughs> and then they end it with like, here's the thing: everything we learned from Oppie, everything that Oppie and Spirit did for us. Their souls are now in in Percy and Perseverance. Fucking hell. They're now in Curiosity and Percy. Yes, but now all I can think of is how they're not immortal either. And the last <laughs> thing I need to think about is how robots are alive. Yeah, well, they're amazing. So So sandworms. October 9th, 2009. <laughs> Written by Brad Wright and Robert C. Cooper, directed by Andy Makita. Um, just to cover this, the song at the end is Breathe by Alexi Murdoch. Nice. And you were right, you kind of called it. 
Yeah. When we were watching this, Grace, uh, you're like, those sands don't exist around Vancouver. And I went, surely Boom. they do. We went here for other desert things. Uh, no, this is actually White Sands, New Mexico. Yeah, I was going to say, I those skies were too hot, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, you, we, you and I have had this conversation where people want a graphic to appear hot so they're like make it orange it's yeah. like no it's just a different kind of blue yes and i was like it's too hot in those skies uh-huh. to be that far north well it's also <laughs> they had the big crane shots yeah like yeah, they yeah. leaned into it which they would not have done if this was outside That's vancouver fair, yeah the only other time they traveled for filming was vegas nice yeah so. that's true we continue directly where the last episode ended uh, we have an open Stargate and our CO2 scrubbers have gone to shit um, yep. because, you know, this this ship is like, I haven't had visitors for thousands of years. No one's been using the air. I don't know how to how to serve this many people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if someone comes over and you're like, I haven't gone to grocery shopping in years. No. So- um, I called this the overdramatic previously on. Get ready for a lot of overdramatic previously <laughs> yeah. ons. Yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. Our team is headed is is just going to my worst nightmare, straight up desert planet. <laughs> yeah. I called it Cold Lazarus Planet. Cold Lazarus Planet. Yeah. It is both hot and temperature and cool because it's another planet. You know what they did there? <laughs> Zing. Zing. First thing they did is make sure they can get back to destiny. Mm-hmm. We do not have full DHDs here. Instead, we have little Sony PSPs, which allow us to dial instead. <laughs> uh I know. They call it something else. I'm only calling it a PSP. It is a PSP. It's literally, it is literally a PSP. That like, they've doctored up. I'm, I'm convinced it is. Yeah. Like, it has to be. It's got to be a PSP and they just doctored it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just I'm surprised they didn't up. use it as product placement for Like, I'm surprised <laughs> Sony didn't pay for that. Uh, our geologist Palmer already recognizes the sand of gypsum, mm-hmm. which would be great because they're looking for calcium carbonate and gypsum is calcium sulfate. 36% calcium carbonate. Gypsum is just fun to say. Gypsum is also in f- fucking everything. Isn't um, it in bones? Like when fossils? Uh, don't they become gypsum? I'm gonna, I don't I'm know if they up. technically become gypsum, but gypsum has been an effective fertilizer throughout history. Yeah. It's plaster for modeling. It's in tofu. It's used in brewing. It's drywall. Yes. So it's everywhere. Gypsum. Um, And yes, there is... It, they have the line. Okay. I had to look it up and it says gypsum can support new bone formation. I'm like, well, that's a cool article. It's an NIH article. Nothing to do with anything we're no, talking about, but, but now cool. I'm going to read that later. Okay, Fuck bye. Yeah. yeah. So there is lime here, but what they really need is concentrated limestone and okay. they just don't want to drag so much of it. Uh-huh. You know, might as well get the the uh, concentrated espresso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. Yeah. So they want, what they're looking for is a dried lake bed, body of water, like the body of water that all the sand came from. Science, science, science for plot purposes. Because deserts come from water. Yep. They're the bottom. They're the bottoms. They were at the bottom of the pool. (laughs) And uh, which means that, fun fact, some sort of life existed here Uh long ago. We don't know what it looked like. So spoiler, one thing I was hoping we would get and we did not was fossils. Yeah. Like some weird monster sandworm fossils. I know. That would have been cool. Anyway, all done. So we have a nice visual for when we find the right concentration because our little vial of red liquid will turn clear. Yep. Which it's not this time because that would be far too simple and we need an entire episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kool-Aid is still Kool-Aiding. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
So they're able to establish contact with Destiny. They share that they're going to have to go on a hike. And while Young says 12 hours, clearly they have less of that now because they started with 12 hours. They had to discuss and make up an away mission and stuff like that. They need to budget their time better. Yeah. So on Destiny, Young finds Chloe, and when I'm just going to call her room, at this point, everyone's picked their own rooms, I'm yeah. assuming. This is after the shortest open ever yeah. in the world. Okay. I, at this point, I'm not even going to say when credits exist, because... Yeah. I feel it's, it's important like that we call them out, because every other Stargate show, we've been like, and credits. True. We're going to say, and world's shortest credits, and then we're done. <laughs> in fact, our introduction of the credits may be longer than the credits themselves. I think they are at this okay. point. We'll make sure we yep. keep them long and elaborate. Yes. Um, <laughs> and and Chloe can feel what Young is about to say, and please just cut to the chase. I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> Obviously fooling fine. no one. <laughs> Because no. No, you're not. First of all, no, you're not fine. And second of all, no one here is fucking fine. Yeah. <laughs> no Bro. one on this ship is fine. There's no way you're fine. Uh, but he really tries to express how much, and I think very earnestly, how much he values what her father did. Yeah. I like the line where she's like, I know what you're going to say. And he's like, enlighten me because yeah. I don't fucking know what I'm going <laughs> to exactly. say. He promised to keep her safe, and she's like, shove it, I've edited my father's speeches. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, "Um, no, I don't know what I'm going to say when I came in here. I'm going to let that pass right now. I'm going to remind you that I'm not a politician, (laughs) so eat dicks. Um, Young is about to use the Freaky Friday stones to talk with the powers that be back on Earth, and Mm -hmm. Chloe picks up what Young is spelling out. And really wants to be the one to tell her mother what happened. Makes sense to me. Meanwhile, Batman transition um, <laughs> back at headquarters. Yeah. I mean, the Pentagon. Telford has been sitting by the stone since Rush made contact, which again was like what fucking yesterday. That's his name Telford. I keep forgetting. I can't. I wrote Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> That's his my name. Because I could not. Lou Diamond Phillips. God forbid I look it up. No. Okay. Uh, so it's been, he's been sitting there for like twelve hours, something. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the project is everything he knew and lived for the past half year, and he's yep. not going to let this shit go very easily. Mm-hmm. And that's when Young swaps places with him, and and Young has a moment of feeling what it's like to be in someone else's body. Yeah, it's gonna feel like a nice reprieve too to be in a fully functioning body. Yeah, and not one just in a shit ton of pain. Yeah, Telford's about to get the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to need a woman. I guess Chloe has a preference. It'll also be easier for mom. Yeah, yeah. To be like, this is your daughter. It's going to be hard enough to be like, this is your daughter. And it's like this big, burly dude. I know. Honey. Also, uh, he needs to talk to Jack. Yeah. At the same time, Telford on the side, not taking the body swap well. No. Was not ready to meet a body that is not physically able at this moment and ended up flat on the ground. Even though TJ told him to don't get up. Yep. Clearly, this is going well. Um... TJ gets the um, like the VIP moment for the day yeah. in this episode, which we'll get to later. Oh, yeah. But I love that all of the medics slash doctors mm-hmm. slash whatever's yeah. on all Stargate shows are like, well, fuck you then. Take I'm no going to force you <laughs> yeah. to be okay. I take no shit. Yeah. I feel like that's just people in the medical field i think you kind of have to because you're like i literally know better i mean literally know better look at the ones in our lives i've 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 met a couple (laughs) 
I've met a couple in our <laughs> lives. So in Jack's office, Jack laments about Senator Armstrong's death. He's had some of his favorite arguments with Chloe's dad. Mm -hmm. He tells her and she's like, are you saying you want some? He goes, depends on who you ask. Yeah. That's a no. I feel um, like, of course, Jack thinks he won. Of course. Yes. Of it, course, they both thought they won. That's the key right there. There were probably moments where neither of them won and no. they're both stupid. Yeah. And Sam walks in the room and is like, you're both jackasses. Yeah. Okay, bye. Probably. Uh, Major Green is going to take Chloe to see her mom. Yep. And once she leaves, Jack asks Young how it's going. <laughs> I love how honest he is here. He's like, everybody on the ship sucks. Well, and he's like, look, I don't know what the fuck Rush said to you about our situation. I don't know what slant he gave it, but like, time is short and the ship is shit. Shit's fucked, yo. Like, it's not. Well, and he's very frank about like, none of these people are going to make it. No. Everyone's. And he, and it's funny because you never see Jack being the optimist. Yeah. And he's like, well, we Fix didn't it. know when we were going through. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to need you to stop right there. <laughs> My favorite is Jack's like, oh, the ship is shit. We'll just fix it. Yeah. And he goes. Oh, so easy, Jack. Like, we don't have a Sam, okay? Yeah, or a McKay, for that matter. Or a McKay. We have a... We're stuck with Rush. Yeah. And and even if we get the life support working, like, we'll have food. We don't have water. He's like, then go fucking find some. It goes... Yeah. <laughs> okay. It just goes to show how different the approaches are. Yeah. Whereas Jack's like, what? Like, it's hard? What's... Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... and You just, you know, almost die, and then something fixes itself. It's yeah. Young's like none of these people are qualified. Yeah, we're all in the wrong place. And Jack's like basically, oh please, is that like I wasn't qualified that first mission through. I was a pup. He really wasn't. If you but, think about like Daniel and his do rag, my favorite is that like if we have to remember, Jack was at the end of his career. Literally, just this old dude. He, he had retired, retired. Old dude. Yeah. And that's when he started yeah. leading the team through he the He probably game. wasn't even in, like, Tef I would have been surprised if that man could have done, like, a, like, a, if he could have done a 13-minute mile, I would have been surprised. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. At that point in the career, genuinely. Yeah. And uh, he's like, look, we have sent hundreds of teams through that thing. And I love that Jack still has this nonchalance of... Yeah, through the Stargate There's thing. There's a certain amount of, like, dismissiveness yeah. towards it still. Yeah. Where everyone, you know, you know, everyone else is... Now, it may not speak of it reverently or anything, but Sam is, like, that is a fucking amazing piece of machinery there. There's a respect there. to it. And Jack's like, ye old orifice there. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> flushing people Yeah. <laughs> The old space butthole. I love it. Jack boils it down. None of us are qualified to deal with this shit. Mm -hmm. um, you, there's no way. Now, to Jack's point, there is no qualified for no. a job that's never existed. Exactly. No one is qualified for a job that's ever that's no. never Because you don't know what the job's going to require. So exactly. how can you know what the qualifications are? And Young gets that. Um, but he, he, Young is like, and I totally respect you and all that, but you're not on the ship right now mm -hmm. and you're not seeing the state of shit. And he really wants to make sure that if and when we get to that point, and it might be sooner than you think because we have these stones, everyone on board gets a chance to come home and say goodbye. I mean, he's right that Jack's not seeing it, 
But Young also has no idea what Jack has seen. 100%. It's like, bro. Yeah. You got to have a little more faith in that. Only so that you do survive. Because, again, the human condition is one where, if nothing else, we're going to fucking see our way through. Listen, we are tenacious as fuck. Yeah. Stubborn motherfuckers. Yeah. To a fault. Yeah. Literally. So, all things are not united on the desert. Yeah. Meanwhile, on Arrakis... (laughs) Greer thinks people are drinking too much of their water. The scientists are trying to remind them that in high temps, we actually need more water. Mm-hmm. Both are true. <laughs> and Scott just is like... Doesn't can- mean we have more water to use. Yeah. yeah. And Scott's like, can we stop talking and keep walking? Yeah. Um, Conserve energy. Franklin wants to go back and dial up some of the other planets in range. And Rush is like, the solution is here. Yeah. The ship told us... All the arrows. Yeah, I will say I'm a little annoyed at the arrogant scientists who are like, but what if I know better than the ship does? Yeah. What makes you think you know better in your maybe 40 years on Earth? I think of it less as they think they know better than the ship and more of, is that really, is the ship that intelligent? Like, did, you know, did they just lock these out because this was the the closest planet yeah or you know i think it's less not trusting the ship and more of not thinking the ship has that much intelligence to it which i guess is not trusting it but in a different way yeah yeah it just to me it feels like really you think you know more than this thing yeah you don't though yeah yeah so true uh to true true i don't know what i was oh true to our hearts Hearts autocorrected. Hurt uh it autocorrected to a different word, which is yeah. Grace. To your farts. To which is why I was very confused. Yeah, uh-huh. True to our farts. Yep. Um Eli, sure it was a mirage, but over that last June he was pretty sure he saw the Statue of Liberty sticking out. And he was ready to tell you, damn you! Damn, damn you all to hell. <laughs> No one laughs. Not even a smile. I just wrote, no one appreciates Eli's pop culture references. No. This is a part during our re- rewatch when we were watching this. I looked over at my husband and I went, look at you. <laughs> look. Look at you. He's like, that was funny. And Rush is like, was it? Yeah. Was it? And then I went, oh, look, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Eli literally explains the joke then, even uh-huh. though everyone clearly gets the yeah. joke. Yeah. It just wasn't just enough funny enough to laugh it is it is circumstantially not funny (laughs) you know what i mean if he had been like hey guys remember to walk without rhythm then i would have laughed sure (coughs) if you were just meandering through the desert sure maybe Uh it was funny if you're on a mission on a time limit on a desert planet to find what you need to keep you and an entire ship alive maybe not I do have to appreciate the attempt at morale boosting. I do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I wouldn't make the same joke. Yeah. I'm not saying the joke's funny, but I appreciate the exactly. attempt. Yeah. Uh, Rush tells him to take a drink like he's offering him a Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. And Greer is out ahead and waits up after Skull- Scott calls out to him. Scott wants to split the party. Um, definitely doesn't want Rush to leave his sight, and he wants Eli to lead the other team with Palmer, Franklin, and Curtis. <sighs> Eli yes. has played enough RPGs that the he knows the only that- one in that 
desert. Yeah. Splitting the party is a bad idea. Yep. Although well, it ended up being a smarter idea, but um and somehow he's like, listen, you're gonna go that direction and I'm gonna go this direction. Yeah. Here be dragons. Uh-huh. Gotta go. Um Franklin is still ready to go back to the gate now. Yeah. Dude. You need to have a little more faith than that. And I, I love... Especially since he was the one who's like, I've been off planet before. I know. I can blah, 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 I know. Blah. Here's one thing. Scott does this part so well. Because in reality, Palmer might be a really good choice to lead that team because she knows what she's looking for. Right. But also knows that Eli needs something to do. Yep. And so he's like, look, I need someone I can trust. To lead the second team. And I do think Scott trusts Eli. Yeah. Uh, certainly more than fucking Franklin. And honestly, given the option, it's going to be Eli. And Eli's still like, look, you just want to split the party because I'm slowing you down. And Scott doesn't say no. Right. But again, he's also going, okay, young water to see what you're made of yeah there's no other way to see what you're made of than to see what you're made of exactly which is why i love this moment it's actually a really smart thing from from scott Mm -hmm. uh he is saying that i am trying to do what i can do best to accomplish this mission Mm -hmm. you asked to come this is how you can help suck it up and go yeah this is how you help and that, that shakes eli out of it and he's like let's go west i'm doing this if they find the lake bed or the Statue of Liberty, they will radio each other. <laughs> yeah. I like that he's like, and don't forget to say the line. Say the line. Yep. And as they head out, Scott mentions to Greer that now they can finally pick up the pace. Mm-hmm. I do like that Scott did not lie to him at all. No. He's like, you he's know the like, answer. We're just, look, we don't have to talk about the obvious. No. But I also need you to lead this team. So we see the car with with Chloe arrive at the Armstrong house and Green really wants to explain to this woman what she's about to experience. But all she hears is their daughter is here and goes outside running. Yeah. And don't blame her. To find a woman that does not look or sound like her daughter, but is. Cut to mom pouring herself a very large drink, which I feel you. Yeah, mom doesn't take any of this well. Like this woman's going through a lot of scotch. Yes. Yeah. That might be her taking it well. We don't know. Considering I have feelings about alcohol as a crutch. I'm all I'm saying is what she gets to later. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um So because uh she's hearing that her husband died on a ship on the other side of the universe and her daughter is here as a there mm-hmm. on the ship a body swap home mm-hmm. that's a lot to take it in. is a lot it is definitely not a little no my thing is i feel like she's been going at this bottle since before chloe got there and she got this news i don't know maybe like she's drinking it like water yeah all i'm saying is if that should happen to me i'm gonna need you to pause while i go make myself a drink yeah so i can listen to the rest of this shit that's fair um and all she wants to know is if Chloe's coming home. And again, um, Chloe, to her credit, is like, I don't know. Yeah. And the ship is old. The ship is not in good shape. And we're losing air. And that's 
that's actually when her mom realizes that her husband is gone. Yeah. And it's not good. No. I don't want to be in that house. That part's definitely the hardest part where it's like, hey, I am your daughter who's sort of here but not here. Yeah. Your husband is dead and we can't bring you the body. Okay, bye. Yeah. Yish. So TJ is helping Telford hobble around the ship, giving him a tour. Right. Um, the rest of the people here are either in the rooms or searching the ship for something that can help. And they get the report from Brody that the away team checked in. They haven't found anything yet. They have nine hours till they jump back to FTL. Telford is a little bit trying to take commands. Yep. And while their power and resources are very limited, he wants them to dial the planet every 20 minutes to keep in radio contact because to him, the away team is a top priority. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like draining the ship's power. Yeah. Should be top priority. It's but it's along the me. lines of when you make the show a force just to try to dial home. Yeah. With limited power. Yeah. Maybe don't do that. When they have the ability to dial in from the other side. Yeah. When they need it. Oof. Oh. And those other addresses that are locked out, even though Rush told us that's not a good idea to try to go around the lockout, Telford wants to know why they're locked out and wants options and wants to be able to dial them if need be. Yeah, you got to not with this attempt to show a force thing. And, right, yeah. Yeah, because Brody's like, mm-mm. Yeah. Telford orders it. He wants to know why. Yeah, it's like, okay, but I don't feel good about it. And TJ's like, um, so... Colonel Young's body needs rest, and also, this is not your body. Mm-hmm. And Telford's like, yeah, well, you people need my help, and just give me some pain meds. I'm gonna need you to calm the fuck down, buddy. <laughs> We've been here from the beginning. And thus starts our, this series' own interesting ethical questions. Yeah. It's, a. Uh... The body swap thing, which yeah. sounds like it's going to happen more often than not, uh-huh. is interesting. Yeah. Um, this idea of, like, coming into a new situation, like, you know all the answers. It's like, whoa, 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 buddy. Your first job is to gather recon. Yeah. Also, this moral quandary of what you do... When you're in someone else's body. Yeah. What? What? It's not cheating if you're in another body. <laughs> I knew. I knew you'd get to there. It's not cheating if it's in another body. It wasn't even my body. Yeah. But then like. It is 100% cheating. But it also it's like cheating. it's like double cheating because it's like that was what someone else's you, body. What if you and your partner go into other people's bodies? Is that cheating? I don't know. Or is the people that you went into, do they know each other? Or... Also, also, are you raping both yeah, of those I bodies? I know. Is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you <laughs> masturbate in a body that isn't yours, is that rape? I... I am not making light of rape. These are no, just weird, creepy ass questions. Is. Let me let me start over. I'm not making light of rape, um, but there's consent issues that's, here. That's exactly what I was getting to. It's like I, I there's, uh, mm. yeah, yeah. Oof. Oh, okay. I I'm also it's like even if all parties are consenting, that's still listen. Weird. All parties I mean, are consenting. You all, do you. If all four parties are consenting, you do you. Go to town. Have fun. Have an orgy. Yeah. 
<laughs> just like swap mid orgy. That's what I mean. You just yeah. go around the whole circle. Well, it's like you never know. Listen, the, like if you, all four people and you never know who's got which stone. Listen, that gives new context to a swingers party. Whoa, that would be. <laughs> pardon the choice of phrase <laughs> a mind fuck yeah it would okay yeah okay so rush is testing more sand they still have kool-aid uh scott's yep. ready to continue but rush is like can we please slow down because i am not you people and i cannot keep this pace up on the way back and um, gruff is like yeah two of the three of us can keep this pace up yeah so just better keep up then rush is already tired of these little boys playing soldier i am not playing this game I'm being realistic when I say that at some point we have to slow down to keep pace. Mm -hmm. Scott is done with both of them bickering at each other and just wants to save the whole fucking ship. Yeah. I just want to be the hero. Can you guys stop arguing so I I can be the hero? (laughs) So Rush starts going on about something or other and Scott uh, about Scott seeking approval and blah, blah, blah. And Gru just waiting for an opportunity to knock his ass over. And Scott sees a little little dust storm in the distance. Hmm. It's a little sandworm coming. A little sandworm. Eventually, the other two stop and try to see the same thing. They continue on. Rush is like, we have to turn back in an hour either way. Now, did did Scott kick Rush or did I imagine that? I swear to God, it looked like he kicked him in the shin at some point. I know Greer did. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. So after they leave, the little dust storm comes back and takes all the liquid Rush poured out into the sand. Hmm. Plus the maker and his water. Nah, don't waste that water. Yeah. Um, and TJ, and proof that she will not take any shit, instead yeah. of pain meds, gives Telford a strong sedative, which I she's in very move. fucking short order on, and she'd not have to use in this manner. She's pissed that she has to do this, but That's she's doing it. 100%. Uh, like, if it were anyone else's body, I think she would have just knocked his ass out. Like, yeah. Punched him in the face. Yeah. And been like, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go sleep, go sleep, go sleep. Uh, but we're here now, and since she is apparently the ranking medical officer yep. on this tub, it's done. Yeah. Because Telford is ignoring the health of another human being. I literally, the last part of my note here says, I love TJ. She's this great. This is a moment where I fell in love with TJ. She's great. Like, not that I didn't like her before, I but know. this is where I, fe- I was like, I love you. You take no shit. You remind me of Dr. Janet. I love, but I love, like, the the like well we're here now tone and the like i'm apparently the ranking medical officer here yeah that's where she gives me dr janet vibes yeah because she's just like well if i'm in charge then i'm in charge exactly this is me being in charge Eat it. Yep. deal with it this is how i charge now uh, Scott's team pauses and Rush starts testing things again. It's the same energy as like when you get out of that friend's car who can't drive. It's like, but did you die? Yeah. It's like, all right then. <laughs> you wanted me to drive. Yeah. I'm the driving. The goal was to get you from point A to point B alive. <laughs> Those things all happened. So elsewhere, Palmer is also getting a negative result on his Kool-Aid test. Mm-hmm. Eli's about to call Scott that they're moving on. And Franklin's like, no, we're not. Um, I have the PSP and I have further addresses that I found the override for. So we're going to go dial them. Yeah. So this is where I wrote. And then I went down a weird rabbit hole. So I need to share with you. Okay. I wrote these buttholes are having a mutiny. Yeah. Throwing a mutiny. Performing a mutiny. <laughs> what is the right 
action word for a mutinate mutinous behavior committing mutiny committing a mutiny is it committing a mutiny or committing mutiny i don't know mutinizing because grammar is definitely the <laughs> thing you should be See asking me I down? <laughs> you know what i said i just said coup they're mutinizing okay <laughs> so the he's like look this plant's a dead zone and eli can't really stop them nope they don't trust Rush, and they don't care what he says. And Eli tries counter-arguing that, but yeah, he doesn't want us all to die, though. Yeah. I would say maybe, Eli, he doesn't want himself to die. Look, that should be enough, though, because yes. if he doesn't die, then we don't die. That's the key. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even Palmer isn't on this plan. She's like, the lake bed could be hundreds of miles from here. And hey, too, Palmer. <laughs> And this could be their only chance of finding a safe planet to go mm. to because this planet, not safe. Yeah. Although it might be better if you get to those mountains. You don't know. Yeah. But um, it's like if you landed in the middle of the Sahara Desert, you would think that the entire planet is the Sahara Desert. You don't know how big this planet is. Exactly. You, don't know where you might hit a fucking ocean or a giant ass freshwater lake. Yeah. And then what? I mean, because think of it. If they came through the Stargate in the middle of Sahara... Yeah, they would be thinking the exact same thing. Well, and even on a smaller scale, imagine landing in the salt flats of Utah. Yeah, that's all you're gonna walk in a day. Yeah, but it, like you're, you, you could be on an Earth. Yeah, maybe you, you could are have landed on Earth. in Death Valley. Yeah, and not realize how close you are to other actual ships. Exactly, you're so close to the Colorado River at that point. I think. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't actually I don't know, know geography that well. Listen, I know my geography, but I don't know where that geography. Let me. I'm gonna look it up while you talk. Anyway, so maybe the lime. He's figures. Maybe there is lime on this planet, but they can't find it, or the ancients have better tools. I mean, maybe the ancients wouldn't even let the situation with life support get this bad to need the lime in the first place. Franklin thinks that fixing the ship is huh, not the I was solution. Right, it's a call. Colorado River runs like just south of Vegas and along the California Arizona border. That part I knew. Okay. I just didn't know where Death Valley was in relation to it. And Death Valley is about like uh, northwest of it a little. Okay. Okay, I'll do. Cool. Um. He yeah he just wants to find a new place to live. He thinks that that's the solution to things. Yep. Again, Rush. It's I believe this was his most recent testing. Kool Aid, no limestone. Mm-hmm. Pours the red water into the uh, desert sand. Scott's ready to keep moving again, but Rush just can't. He's, yeah. If he goes any further, he's not going to be able to get back to the Stargate. Um, he knows limestone's here, and so yep. he gives his water and his gear to Scott. This is a smart move. Yeah. Uh, you are younger. You are more physically fit uh-huh. and able to do this. I still believe in this plan, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to hold you back. Exactly. Yep. Scott's not looking at Rush... To go back to the gate alone. Yeah. Uh, he wants Greer to go with him. Scott's going to continue on his own, which Greer is not a fan of this plan. Right. Uh, Scott knows that if they don't find the limestone, which Scott's determined to do, but if he doesn't find it in time, Rush has to stay alive because Rush will figure out another way to save his ass, yep. therefore everyone else's ass. Uh-huh. So Greer has to make sure that Rush gets back to the gate alive. Yep. Greer's going to follow orders. It's not going to like it. Uh, Soldier. Yeah, you don't have to like it. Yeah. It's not your job to like it. It's your job to do it. So that's when Eli radios in that there's been a coup. 
And everyone's heading back to the gate. A mutant nation. <laughs> Mutinous. <laughs> There's been a a a m- mutant new. <laughs> everyone's heading back to the gate to try to try the other addresses. Also, they have the Kino. Mm-hmm. Fucking fuckers. So besides the fact that they need the PSP to get back to Destiny. Yep. Rush also reminds them that a few hours, correctly, is not enough time to determine if a planet is safe, let alone if it will sustain life. True. All true facts. Destiny is their only hope of getting home. You gotta get back to the goddamn ship, dude. Yeah. Scott tells everyone, like, tells Greer, like, just stop him. Whatever you gotta do. Yeah, Scott's gonna turn back when he has to. I love this. They can't go through the gate if they're dead. (laughs) You said stop them. Yeah, exactly. You didn't say how. (laughs) Mm -mm. The greater good, right? What's, Mm -hmm. uh... Um... I just, uh... Oh my god. I'm a horrible Star Trek fan and I'm just blanking on the very infamous line. Never mind. I'm gonna pretend like I didn't even bring it up. The Prime Directive? Nope. The Far Directive? Nope. It might be the Fart Directive. The Fart Directive. It's the Fart Directive. So, poor Major Green doesn't deserve any of what's about to come his way when he just pops in his head and goes, Hey, unfortunately we have to leave soon. Mom flat out is like, you get my daughter home. Yeah. And Green's like, first, not okay, my department. Okay. Uh, second, I'm pretty sure they're doing Liddy, the best I'm just they can. here to drive the car back. <laughs> Mom's, Literally transportation. Mom's like, nah, when I say you get my daughter home, I mean, I'm friends with the president and first lady. If anything happens, I will go public with everything I know. I feel like he's like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are you supposed <laughs> to do? Chloe's like, mom, Sounds first, you're embarrassing me. me. Yeah. And second, like, that's not cool. Mom, you're going full Karen on this poor soldier. (laughs) There's literally nothing he can do about this. But Mama Bear knows that her husband just gave her life for her daughter. And if they don't get her daughter back, then the whole world will know what's been going on the past few years. Which makes me wonder, A, how much she knows, and B, did she have to sign an NDA? Not that an NDA is going to stop her or anything, but... Yeah, she signed an NDA, but again, she's gone full crazy. She's like, I don't give a fuck. But it's a it, to me, it's a good question of how much does she know, because it's one of those where it's like, I'm sure the senator knows a fair amount. I don't think she knows as much as the senator, and I don't think the senator knows everything. Exactly. So she knows like. And Chloe, I can imagine, knows more. Yeah. Of, of whatever the information is. Yeah. Uh, but even that is far more than enough to yes. blow up their spot. 100 percent. So as Scott continues. Mm-hmm. You stop to take a drink mm-hmm. and notice there's a little dust storm. Is this when he sees the face in the sand? Uh-huh. Yep. Super fine. It's fine. And the storm just kind of follows him like a little puppy. Yep. He pours out some of his precious he, he pours out some of his precious water and the storm drinks it up. Uh suddenly that part of the sand exposes a face of a man Yay. in a priest collar, which that's, that's normal. That's just what's buried there. You know, they did say life. There yeah. was life there. They didn't say how recently. Um, those of you who are Deep Space Nine fans know what I'm thinking. There's a, there's a moment in an episode of DS9 that's, that Ben Sisko finds just a face in the sand like that. That's fine. It's fine. He was hallucinating for very different reasons, though. I wanted it to be a horror movie and it to actually just be a face. (laughs) 
And he picks it up and is like, oh, God. And then he wears it. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. There's nothing wrong with my brain. Don't look uh, at me. So Scott just continues to follow that maybe intelligent dust storm. Yeah. Yeah. On the way back to the gate. A little dust storm puppy. A little dust storm like puppy. like a fox in a... Oh, God. I just forgot the name of the game. All right, know. keep going. Okay. On the way back to the gate, Rush is thirsty. Um, but I mean, listen, to Greer's point of view, you gave your water to Scott. So now you have to deal with the consequences of your own actions. Yep. Um, Rush kind of assumed Greer would share his Ghost water. Ghost of Tsushima. Dear God, I don't know why that left me. There's oh. a, there's a, there's a, in Ghost of Tsushima, there's a little fox that you can pet. I like foxes. And then lets you pet it, and then you can follow it, and then it runs, and then you follow it, and then it runs, and then you follow it. I like it. So it goes to Tsushima. And then Easter That's egg. All I would do in the game. Easter egg, if you play Horizon Forbidden West, there's a fox that you can't kill. Oh. Because it's the ghost of Tsushima petty fox, the one that you pet. Oh. So you can't, it's immortal and it doesn't die. Because they're related? Yeah, because it's an Easter egg to the game. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yep. Okay, I'll done. Okay, cool. Um... Yeah, Greer is is uh, not sharing his water. No, and then they go into... Um, I'll let you go. Yeah, yeah, so Rush is like, look, I I hand-helped pick out the cast list for Icarus Base. Yeah. And I read all the files, and neither Captain Marvel back there or you, Falcon, were on my list yeah. to make this cast. Oof. <laughs> And uh, surprise, surprise, Greer doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And Rush just continues demanding water, and Greer can tell him to t- continues to tell him to fuck off. I like how um, they get into this uh, disadvantaged off. Yes! <laughs> so who was the most disadvantaged off of them? Yeah, Rush is like, so just because you were born poor, you get to be angry at the world? How pathetic. And Greer's like, oh, is that why you think I'm angry? Huh. Really? Please tell me more about myself and my life. Yeah. White man. <laughs> he goes, well, if it wasn't for the army, you'd be in a jail or worse. And Greer can't help but laugh because he's like, you rich people all think the same. Uh-huh. I love the fact that Greer is so, so not bothered by any of this. That he doesn't even bother to correct him that he is not in the army. He's a fucking Marine. Well, I imagine that if you're a whole entire life. You've been hearing this shit. Yeah. It's like, okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's so not Shalon. He's like, yeah. I'm a, first of all, I'm a Marine. Yeah. Second of all, no. Don't care. And Rush has no issues with issuing corrections on his end, though. <laughs> yeah. He is not rich. His mm. father worked the shipyards in Glasgow. He earned a scholarship to Oxford while working two jobs. Okay. And he's earned the right to make decisions without explaining himself Imagine to you or anyone being else. being able to pay for Oxford with two jobs. Well, I feel like he got a scholarship while work like he was working two jobs yeah, yeah, and yeah. then got the scholarship. That's fair. Either way, uh-huh. give me some fucking water. Mm. And Greer is like, no. Yeah. But I do like how you just dropped in there that you don't think you have to explain yourself to anyone. Uh-huh. Any of your decisions, just get to make just decisions. Do the fuck you want. And not explain them. Yep. Because you're so fancy. Uh-huh. You've earned the right to not tell anybody anything. Good for you. Yeah. Um, also, Rush, just put it out there, not a smart to try to go steal water from this man. No, like, I get that you're angry and you're probably dehydrated, yeah. but 
you do see that he's a giant <laughs> marine, right? Like this this is not your skill set. No. This is your dump stat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do this. This would be like my little gnome trying to charge our paladin. Yeah, it's like, like why that's would you adorable? Stop that. So um Rush goes at him again and they both go tumbling down the sides of the dude. I do like that they actually go to blows. Yeah. It makes me kind of happy. In a moment, Greer has a sidearm out and is pointing it at Rush, threatening to shoot him if he tries to go after him again. Because mm-hmm. really, he's I'm not fucking around, dude. Stop yeah. trying to steal my water. And Rush thinks he's invulnerable because he's invaluable. Yeah. They need him or Greer had already shot him. I and- feel like you're miss you're especially after with the, the the following scene that we see with him in a gun. It's like you're underestimating his ability to like fucking take out your ankle and just be like keep going. Yeah, you know what I mean. You think that he's not? Yes, he may not kill you, but no. that doesn't mean he's not going to shoot you. Listen, I don't think Greer at this point would care if he has to carry your ass back. That's to the what gate. I'm saying. I was like, you misunderstand how precious he thinks your knees are. I know. <laughs> you can think without Nice. I will also think that Greer is probably a little mad because he knows Rush is a little right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just really hopes dehydration will shut him up. Yeah. Either walk or die here. It's your choice, Mr. Decision Maker. I do like that. <laughs> I do really like that. Ah, oh, I love the amount of people on this crew that have just a barren field of fucks to care about and anything. Nobody, yeah, nobody cares about anything ever. Back at the gate, Franklin has another planet already dialed up. He sent the Kino through. Everything looks great. Plants, air, water. Eli comes running over a dune's like, stop! Just don't! No, don't do it! Uh, instead, um, and they're gonna they're gonna head to the planet and they'll dial back when they know it's safe to evacuate everyone. Yep. Eli's like, if you do that, if you go to this planet. You're giving up on ever making it home. Yep. After yep. two days, a day and a half. Yeah, not even two full days. You're just saying, well, I guess I live here now. And I'm guessing Franklin didn't see on the map how far out they are because he thinks they can just use the gate system to get home. No. That, they don't go between galaxies, yo. No. no, you can't do that. And again, Eli is sure the ship locked out these addresses for a reason. Mm-hmm. As Eli is talking, Curtis and Palmer head through the gate. And we Fuck. never see them again. Sucks to be you. But before Franklin can join them, there is a single gunshot that goes off and I hits was wondering, at Franklin's I was feet. Like, they, he's got a lot of, like, FaceTime. Are they really going to kill him off? Oh, well, there's... Okay, no, he's not. Okay, I mean, it. I wouldn't put it past the series, though. Yeah, it's fair, yeah. Eli dives to the ground. Franklin sees that it's Greer in the distance and turns to run through the gate. Remember, Franklin's the one with the PSP. Yep. And Rush tells Greer to shoot him, and yep. Greer does, in the shoulder, taking him down. Yep. I mean, he has great aim. Again, yeah. You are underestimating this man's ability with a gun. <laughs> exactly. So Greer and uh, Rush run up and Eli just hands up. What the fuck? Why did you do that? Yeah. Rush told me to. I do love that. Greer's like, he's fine. Yeah. I know where I shot him. Exactly. (laughs) Rush is. I did non-lethal damage. Exactly. I said it before I rolled. I know exactly where that bullet was going. Yeah. Um, Rush is pretty sure Greer just saved Franklin's life. Yep. It's only a flesh wound. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about the other two? They're sex now sex. stranded on the planet. 
That's a side story. At least for day. now until they can send another PSP through. Yep. Spoiler, they never did. Ooh. I mean, they did that to themselves. Can you imagine what like what ha- what happens to these two assholes I on hope. a planet that the ship was like not safe for you? I hope that it's like I hope that a large monster mm-hmm. does to them yeah. what Kaylee and Drakey do yeah. to lizards. Uh-huh. It's just a velociraptor? Yeah, it's just a velociraptor that's like, new toy! Yeah! And just beats them around for a while uh-huh. until they're eventually like, dear God, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I hope. Solid. A little bit. I didn't. It was either going to be that or it was going to be like Swiss Family Robinson with two people. Well, it's like eventually they could run out of air. We don't know how thin the air is. No. They could just have a really fucked up version of the Benz. Yeah. Oh, imagine that. It's. Okay. So anyway, update from Scott. Um, It's halftime. Six hours left Uh and they can't get to Scott on the radio anymore. And they have no idea if he's turned back yet or not. No, he's busy. So, shockingly, not shockingly, he has not turned back. Yep. He is hallucinating the priest walking with him now. Mm-hmm. He did forget to check the footprints in the sand. <laughs> so- the priest was carrying him. <laughs> and and Scott is still following the storm, though. Yep. And the priest tells him to keep going. Don't give up. Scott's like, duh. Yeah. Oof. And as Scott takes some water... The priest drinks something a little harder he from his own flask. Too. It's more fun that way. Uh, Scott tells him that he is not going to let anyone else down the way he let the priest down. Damn it, Scott. You don't have to follow and remind me. Mm-hmm. And he can. they continue to walk as the priest reminds him that he has his plan for all of us. Capital mm-hmm. H's. Mm-hmm. And so Rush is tending to Franklin's gunshot wounds and figures either Scott's out of range uh, which those radios should have a long range, but let's yeah, not think about we, that. Yeah. Or face down the sands. How far do you think he's traveled, right? What? So he's not running. He's not running. So and I will say they haven't been doing... F- I'll give five hours. Yeah. So, so okay. So let's consider what do we think Scott's pace is, right? He's not at a run. I imagine this man has a, like a, what, like an eight minute mile on a good day. Running, I'm being right. So, and if I'm he's walking in the sand, I mean, and with gear, f- four miles an hour. I think you're right. So he's gotten twenty miles out, mm-hmm. roughly. Yeah, those radios should be able to. Go That's what I'm saying. Fucking further. Than That's that. what I'm saying. Those yeah. radios are going further than that. Yeah. My hunch is that we already know that Scott's hallucinating. Yeah. I have a hunch he's just not hearing. Either that or our little sand guys are like have electrical. It might be stuff. that. Actually, that might be more likely because yeah. in the end, Scott does try calling through the radio. Yeah. And yeah. no one hears him. So it might be a little disturbance in the force. Will, yeah. All those midi chlorians. I don't know. I just wanted to say something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so Greer's going to go back for Scott. He's not leaving Scott on this planet regardless yep. of the outcome. And no, Eli is not going with Greer because honestly, you're going to slow me down. Right. Not going to mince words. Um, and Franklin also has to get back to the ship. Yep. 
So Eli's going to dial up the ship. Russ is going to take Franklin back and Eli's going to wait here. They have five hours left. Like a lady in a watchtower. And like a lighthouse ghost. Yeah. And after Rush snarks off again, Greer gives a sidearm to Eli just in case. Yeah. Looking over at Rush. I love Eli's response to this. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know how to use it. You squeeze. <laughs> just squeeze. You're fine. You've played enough video squeeze games. Squeeze until, yeah. yeah. <laughs> squeeze until nothing else comes out. There you go. That's fine. Yeah. Then you hit X to pick up a different weapon. It's fine. Well, I'm the one that went dirty on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Eli knows how that one works, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... That one's gonna run out faster. They haven't had a lot of water. True. Yeah. True. Uh, quickly, yeah, he quickly demonstrates the gun to Eli. Uh, he, and he like, look, you better fucking be here when I get back. Yeah. And he's like, I will. Mm-hmm. And Greer goes off. And then Eli takes the gun, points it out away from the desert, and probably proclaims that he has a gun! And Rush shakes his head. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go before this idiot fires that gun. Yeah. So when Young wakes up on Destiny, he feels like he's been drugged and yeah. wants to know what the hell Telford is doing with his body. Uh-huh. And uh, TJ, TJ cannot wait to tell him yeah. and, and hands him his gun cane. Would you? <laughs> I feel like we've had this conversation. Yeah. Would you look in your pants? First thing you do when no. you switch bodies? I wouldn't. Look in your pants? No. Just to see what you're packing? No. <laughs> I might. I might. You might. I, might. I don't think I would. <laughs> I might be like, well, I gotta know what I'm peeing with. Yeah. 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 I don't think I would. Okay. Fair. So Rush and Frank. I guess if you're a dude and you're switching to another dude's body, it's like, yeah, you've seen them one, you've seen them all. Maybe because dude Because I'm would. less curious about vaginas. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know if what if I would do if I was a dude, maybe. Yeah. I have no need. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You see why you see them all. Yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> um, so I just need a mirror and shit. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more complicated. I think it's more if if I was in a dude's body, I'd be like, how do I how do I work this? <laughs> <laughs> so Rush and Franklin stumble through the gate as Rush explains what happens. Well, it doesn't quite explain. Just says that Greer shot Franklin without elaborating. Yeah, he's kind of a dick about it. <laughs> he also is very dehydrated and wants water. Sure, let's say that's why he doesn't say it. <laughs> Drinking all of Riley's rations uh-huh. for the day. Um, And Young comes in then, Rush has had a lovely day at the beach, completely sunburned. How about you? <laughs> Scott is well reaching his limit. Yep, he's still on Arrakis. Uh, and he's dropping his gear to keep moving, mm-hmm. and then suddenly has to resort to crawling, and when he raises his head again, there in the sand, full Catholic-style crucifix. Yay, that's fine. Totally normal. Nothing weird about that. It's very native to the planet. Uh-huh. And when we get a flashback now of Scott in tears in a church, the same priest as before, and Scott is telling that he has sinned, that he has failed him, him like failed the priest mm-hmm. failed god the and himself yikes dude. and all the priest says back is that they have redemption through his blood and scott falls unconscious in the desert the crucifix is gone and in its place a lake bed scott really figured out how to if nothing else he's learned how to hold on to catholic guilt <laughs> yes mm-hmm. <laughs> scott finds water that's 
that's a strong, it's a strong guilt. Uh huh. Uh, so at the gate, Eli has dialed up the other planet and is just calling out for Curtis or Palmer. Yeah. And isn't oh. getting any response. He tried. At least he tried. And we know the radios work through the Stargate. Yep. And eventually the gate shuts down. I guess it must have been, it shuts on its own. So I'm guessing it's been 38 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Still unconscious. Scott is back at the church. Yeah. So what happened was. Yeah. His 16-year-old girlfriend got pregnant. Yeah. He doesn't know if he loves her because they barely know each other, which I give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. And she's planning on having an abortion. Mm-hmm. And he grew up Catholic. Well, I will say. Yeah. He says she's not keeping it. That's true. That's true. I guess that's my own. Um, that, yeah. That's cause that's my own. Um, assumption. Assumption. Yeah. Yes. Because he says she's not keeping it. And so we don't know if she's Catholic as well. So yeah. if she, it, it may be that she's just planning she giving up just, her adoption. Yeah. Either way, he's having issues with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's because of the what clearly is gut wrenching issues he's having. I think is why I assumed because yeah. he's Catholic. Because he could also be having issues because they had premarital sex. Yes, could be having issues because he didn't. He's not going to own up to his responsibility, yes. which he clearly already struggles with. Yeah. So, so anything. Spot- I just wanted to make that. Yeah. 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 Clear. No, that's that yeah. was definitely my assumption. Yeah. 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 So Scott thought God was his calling. Mm-hmm. And I guess having sex as you're a teen precludes you from going to the seminary. I don't know that that's true. I don't think it's true, but I think he's. I feel like once you cross the point of no return, you yeah. can't have sex. Yes. But until then. I think it's more of it's stacking of blocks because I think also he's now 16 and he may, you know, we find out later that this priest basically raised him. Yeah. And so I think all growing up, he's like, well, I want to be like you. This is my calling. And I think now when he's 16, he's realizing. (laughs) Sorry. I think it's on top of things. He's realizing that the seminary is not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, well, now what the fuck do I do? Yeah. As far as the rules go, though, it's like, look, you just have to not after a certain amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. I I also don't know if he's thinking now that, you know, we don't know the full situation with with his girlfriend. Maybe he's assuming now we're going to get married or something. I think he's realizing that things are far more complicated and he's more pulled by what we'd call worldly. Yes endeavors um he's blaming himself for his weakness that this is all his fault mm-hmm. uh, and then the priest turns into a sandstorm yay and on the planet the little storm goes over his body and then burrows itself in the sand and bubbles up water which wakes scott's up because it's a face full of water Thank god yeah um and uh right on his face so you know those times you wake up and you don't fully realize like where you are or who yeah, you yeah, are yeah. it's that but worse because because you're like, oh, well, I'm in this shit's shitsville. <laughs> and after grokking what is actually going on, he grabs his gear. We get a montage of him quickly testing it. Yeah. It's everything we need. Kool-Aid turns clear and he tries to, he looks around like trying to celebrate with someone and no one's there. He's like, oh, right. It's just me on this shitsville space. So he tries radioing everyone. No one picks up. He checks his watch. We don't know how much time is left at this point, but he's suddenly very worried about it. Yeah. And he just shovels mounds of it, of the of the limestone sand into his bag, yelling into the radio that he has it. Please wait. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
our crew hasn't given up hope. And the race is on. The race, race is, is on. on. More Marines come through the gate, um, bringing a new Kino to a very badly sunburned Eli. And uh-huh. he points them direction to go. Like, A, maybe use the Kino as a drone. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe send it forward. Also, just follow the footprints. So Scott is just dragging Sands. Yeah. In a bag. Imagine you're already fucking exhausted, dehydrated. Yeah. That's like a lot of that's a lot of weight sand. Yeah. And Greer is making his way. And on Destiny, people are cleaning up the CO2 scrubbers, getting them ready for the hopefully new filtration sand that's coming their way. Yeah. Chloe. Chloe is holding a flashlight for TJ to get the bullet up from Franklin, who clearly did not get pain meds for this because no. he got a rash in that shit. Well, and we just you had to give a bunch to Telford for being a dickhead. So. Yep. Also, listen, I didn't want to say, like, clearly Greer shot you, but you were kind of being a dick. Yeah, so you kind of earned a little bit of pain. Yeah. TJ may know this. I know. <laughs> she may be like, well, you shouldn't have tried to go to the fucking gate that you weren't supposed to. Exactly. Scott is reaching the end of his limit, and before he before he finds more, but he's reaching the bottom of his gas tank before he yeah. hits the reserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greer is still making his making his way towards him, <laughs> and yeah. um, breathing is getting very hard on the ship. Oof. It's getting very dire there. Yeah, everyone's like lying around, slightly passed out. Yeah. Scott is just dropping his gear again, stumbling to the ground. And that's when Greer comes up over the dune to find him, giving him his very last bit of water. So Scott wakes up. They get up and get moving. And and Scott insists that Greer take the bag. He cannot continue. Greer has the highest constitution of anybody on the ship. I have decided that now. Yeah. Greer is like, fuck that. Get up and moving. Yeah. Because he's like, look, I can't carry the sand and you. Yeah. And just flat out drill sergeants yells in his face to get his weak ass up and get moving. It's like instead of inspire courage, he intimidates courage. Yes. Yeah. That would be a great bard. I intimidate courage. That would be the barbarian. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's how that's how that's how you do it. That's how it would that encourage that. It's how that inspiration would go. Um, And that does the trick, though. Yep. And at this point, there's less than three minutes before the jump. The ship jumps to FTL. Yep. Here we go. It's wild countdown time. Eli dials in again. The Marines are back. They're heading through the gate. James offers to stay instead of Eli. Eli's like, no. Yeah. I promised Greer I'd be I here. I said I would do this. Yeah. And on the other side, James apologizes to Young. He knows she did her best. Mm. Eli watches from his Kino. Nothing yet. The countdown... Uh, which is very lost in aesthetic and style. Yeah. Um, turns red, turns to a warning. There is less than one minute left. Thank God they tell us because God forbid we try to read any of those yeah. numbers. <laughs> Ancient. Yeah. And on top of a dune, two uh-huh. figures with a bag between them appear. Yay. Uh, Eli radios that he sees them. They're carrying something as Greer yells that they have it. Don't go. We have Please. it. Don't go. No leave. They have it and they're so close, but the timer is 40 seconds and Eli knows they aren't going to make this it. This part's wild. Yeah, it's like they're not. They literally cannot make it. There's what no the way. What are we supposed to do? So Eli takes the radio and, and or sorry, Rush takes the radio and he tells Eli to stick his arm in the puddle. <laughs> Eli's like, hold it like an elevator. What? Door. Yeah. 
He's Russia's betting that the safety protocols in place, and it's it's going to stop anything from getting cut in half. Yep. And if there's not, then you lose a hand. And with twenty seconds left, Rush yells at Eli to do it now. And with a cringe face, and for science, and to save their lives, Eli sticks his arm into the I puddle. Mean, here's the thing: Eli, and holds the door. You you risk possibly not dying, or you yeah. die. Yeah. He, he, that would have been my door. A, that would have been my AKA. Hold the door. Hold the door. It is a good one. Heartbreaking to this oh. day. Heartbreaking. Um, everyone is yelling. Come on, so close. Come on, come on. Huh. And as Riley counts down the last few seconds, yep, the ship shakes, wanting to jump to, jump to FTL. Yeah, but the something is holds, stopping but it. The ship is not happy about it. It is not happy. Yeah. Uh, the, it, this is this is a dad who is backing the car out. Yeah. While the last few people go to the bathroom. Well, yeah, and it's like the ship is like I can't move forward, but I am not built to withstand this no. type of holding back. No. The yeah. gate is still open, and those last few seconds are all that Scott and Gru needed to run through the gate. Eli following close behind, making sure his arm is fine on the other side. I do appreciate that Eli waits for the guys to get all the way through. Yeah. Before he goes. Everyone gets water. They're a bit parched. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and Scott needs a little extra medical help. Mm-hmm. And with that, finally, the ship can jump to FTL. Ooh. This is where we get our nice uh, montage with yeah. music as we get shots of them using the precious lime to refill our, the scrubbers. Our early 2000s uh-huh. montage song. Um, immediately, air starts bubbling through them. Um, if you needed more proof that they're working... We get a little color code in the control room. Everything yeah. turns to green. Yay. Everyone is able to take cool, deep breaths of fresh air. Thank God. And we end with Chloe finding Scott recuperating in his room with some water. Mm-hmm. Not sure how long the new scrubbers are going to work, but everyone's very thankful for what Scott did. I can only imagine the gossip circles on this ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and how quickly we're get around. He asks Chloe how she's doing and she just shrugs. And then he just sort of not knowing what to say spills a lot. All of the, all of everything. He shares that his parents died in a car crash when he was four. Yeah. And that a priest raised him. Wow. And basically drank himself to death when he was 16. Here's, here's my question. Yeah. Did the priest actually raise him or did he like not have like a good was he in foster care and there was like a catholic foster that's home? what i'm a that might be see what i'm saying or it's, was it's one of two things either that priest is like his uncle yeah or he was raised in like a, a catholic yeah. yeah in a catholic orphanage yeah or was it like some like detached relative who was like get the fuck i don't care just i fed you yeah what more do you want Mm -hmm. and this became his person that he can't turn so many questions one of those three is true yeah 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 um and he's not trying to diminish what chloe is going through he's just trying to say the words that he knows that there are some things you just don't get over Mm -hmm. you go through them the best you can this is where I wrote hands in all caps. Yeah, and they hold hands. Hands, hands. They hands. hold hands as the camera pans out. Yeah. 
And then the episode and is over. No, 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 it's not. And then nope. And then we see them no, we just not. pan past the ship as it flies through FTL. And our little tiny red guy. Who the fuck's a little red guy? And then there's a little ship shuttle ship. Something I'm calling it the little that, red spy. It turns on its shield, disconnects and flies away. Fuck you, little dude. What are you? Oh. Somebody is watching us. I'm gonna take a drink. The little red bug is going back and reporting back to the ancients. And this is all some sort of test fucking run of some sort. Fuck these guys. Next up, darkness. Fuck these guys. (laughs) Bless the maker and his water. (laughs) I'm ready. Oh boy! Okay, here we go. Yeah, so we, we they we have now f- technically finished our pilot episode, our uh-huh. three part pilot, and now we have an idea of like, oh, there's more to this fucking outer spaceness than just yeah, as if surviving alone wasn't enough. Yeah, who are these fucks? Uh oh. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Maybe Franklin just stole a ship finally. Find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast. Write us at Facebook, there's no place like Terra. Email us at there's no place like Terra gmail.com. Patreon.com slash there's no place like Terra. Write us, like us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. Fuck you, little white guys. <laughs> Chahalut. <laughs> <laughs>